Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Podcast Manager Show. Today, I am talking with Sarah Whitaker about our podcast predictions for 2024. This type of episode, her and I have done two previous times. So we'll chat about what we predicted for 2023 and if those things came true, and also what we expect out of the podcasting industry in 2024. If you aren't familiar with Sarah, she runs a boutique podcast agency that works exclusively with educators. She's also a coach inside of the Podcast Manager program. And so she'll be speaking from the podcaster's perspective. And I, of course, will be speaking from the Podcast Manager's perspective. So we're going to talk about everything from updated stats about podcasting to, of course, AI and YouTube and podcast networks and really everywhere in between. This is a really great conversation and I cannot wait for you to listen. So let's go chat with Sarah. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Sarah, we are back again this year talking about our podcast predictions for 2024. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy too. I can't believe another year has already come and gone so quickly. I know. I think this is the third time that we've done this. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about podcast predictions for the podcaster and also for the podcast manager. And so we're going to talk about, you know, some of the updates in podcasting in 2023 and then what we predict and really see movement behind in 2024. Perfect. Let's do it. Yes. Okay. So updates in podcasting. Last year, we predicted that there would be more features and competition when it comes to podcast hosts. So last year, if I recall, like Lipson had was having its issues with just all sorts of stuff. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> so it was it was kind of like it was hobbling along. And of course, there was competition with Buzzsprout and Captivate and the list goes on. And, you know, I think we're I think we're right. Now, there's not really a a, like a front runner when it comes to hosts. Yeah, 100%. I think we've seen this year a lot of new features added to a lot of the podcast hosts. And they're just like continuing to compete with each other and and improve and offer more and more things to podcasters, which I think is so cool. I think two of the biggest things because personally, you know, I I know we both used to use Libsyn and now my two favorite hosts that I recommend are Captivate and Buzzsprout. And both of those hosts this year added the ability to have bonus paid content on in addition to your public podcast, which is really cool. So it's kind of like Patreon in the sense that like, you have your regular podcast content, and then you can create this bonus content. I know Captivate even lets you have different tiers, different levels that people can pay to get even more additional things, which is so cool. And it's so easy to use. And it just like, it just makes you see how there really are like endless possibilities for how you can monetize your podcast, how you can create a community around your podcast. And I just I loved to see what these hosts have come up with. Yes, totally. And in addition to that paid content, you know, you can also have a private podcast on Captivate. 
Yeah. And then, you you know, Buzzsprout has also come out with Buzzsprout ads. Yes. So they're trying to make that, you know, having a sponsor more accessible. And you don't even have to use Buzzsprout as your host to do that, which I, I like that. It's like, okay, yeah, let's not make it so like tribal where it's like yes. Buzzsprout, you know. But but yeah, so, you know, they've both really expanded and solved some problems this year. Yeah, 100%. It like makes these features accessible to those like, quote unquote, smaller podcasts. You know, you don't have to be Joe Rogan to get your podcast featured in somebody else's podcast because that's Mm -hmm. an option on Buzzsprout. Like you just mentioned is having like an ad for your podcast inserted into other people's podcasts, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, another thing that's noteworthy that we want to talk about is Google Podcasts is shutting down. Now, was Google Podcasts popular? No. (laughs) No, it wasn't. I I looked at a stat earlier and I think it was like 3% of listeners. Like, it's not something to freak out about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it makes so much sense because number one, like we said, it was not being used that much. And I know some of you all that are listening, you're like, but I was using it. And yeah, it's, it's frustrating when that happens. But the reason that they, I think the the true reason it was like it was going to happen eventually that it was going to go away. I think, but you know, YouTube, which is owned by Google, it you know started noticing. Wait, we can we can get in on this podcasting game. So now YouTube is you know going to use their their music sector, YouTube Music, to host podcasts. So it's really just moving Google Podcasts to YouTube Music. Yeah, exactly. And for anybody who's listening, like I'm still learning about this transition because it is kind of like a muddy period right now mm-hmm. um, because you you can go ahead and get your podcast on YouTube Music. But right now, or I think they just switched where you can um, integrate your RSS feed so that your yep. episodes are automatically going on there. But before you were having to like manually add each episode, which you don't want to do if you have this backlog of like 200 episodes, you wouldn't want to manually do each of those. But I have read and I'm really hoping that this changes. But I know that there were some articles saying that there are some like stipulations to episodes that are being put on YouTube music. Like if your episodes have dynamic ads, you can't have that on YouTube music, which is kind of frustrating. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't know what that's going to look like. So right now I'm kind of waiting until that official shutdown of Google Podcasts until I decide like how to move forward with that. I agree. I, I you know I haven't figured out my opinion on the RSS feed and if you're again if you're if this is like wait what RSS what um you know <laughs> add basically adding like Sarah said the catalog of your show to YouTube Music and that would be audio only. That we're not, you know, they would use your cover art as the static image and it would be the audio. So, you know, let's say for for a client of ours or that that isn't using paid sponsorships, um, this could be very easy to just put them on YouTube music. But if you have sponsors, it might make more sense at this point to put your show on YouTube as a video podcast. And we're gonna get more into to that, but because then you can insert those ads, but you have to kind of go through YouTube to insert those ads. And so you're producing like the audio show and also the video show. So yeah, there's just so it's exciting. I'm yeah. really excited about it. But yeah, there is just it's like, eh, we're gonna yeah. figure this out. It's not gonna we don't have all the answers today. 100%. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really curious to see 
once YouTube music really gets going, because I've, I've never listened to podcasts on there before. Obviously, I, I know that there are people, but I'm curious to see like what the stats are on that platform in a few months from now, like how mm-hmm. many people are listening on there. Yeah. And are you getting recommended shows? Like if you're on YouTube scrolling on your phone, yeah. are you going to get recommended to listen to podcasts? Because if not, I'm not quite understanding why you would go to YouTube music. Also, just the name YouTube music is interesting because it's like, let's not podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's very confusing to me, but goes. it's very on brand with like podcast hosting as a whole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Figure it out as you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so another thing that we predicted last year was that or I, we hoped for, I think was the is more <laughs> of how we should frame it, was that there would be more searchability within the podcast listening apps. And we both agree, not so much. And we don't see users, listeners using the podcast app to like search like mindset podcasts and then getting like a really great suggestion list. Yeah, the suggestions are still lacking, especially with like if you're listening to a podcast and you get those recommendations on the bottom, you're still seeing podcasts that aren't even active anymore that were maybe really popular when they were active, but they're not Mm -hmm. releasing new episodes. So I don't want to get hooked on a podcast if, if they're not consistently putting out new content. You know, but there are things that you can do as a podcaster and as a podcast manager for your clients to help with searchability within these listening apps so that when listeners go and they type keywords in when they're searching for something, your podcast will pop up. And I know that I've seen, I only know of one platform, there might be others out there, but Voxelize is a platform that I've tried out this year that's pretty cool where it will actually tell you what kind of keywords you're ranking for within the listening apps, which type of keywords you should be using in things like your episode titles and um, show description and things like that to help with your searchability. So I think that kind of thing is really cool to see just the possibility of of making that information more available to podcasters of like, Mm. hey, this is what you can do with with how things are set up and listening apps currently to help optimize your searchability. Right, right. And that was actually one thing that was good about Google Podcasts was that when yeah. Google Podcasts was ar- is around, was around, you know, your, they stopped this actually. So it, at one point, when you Googled something, it would recommend podcasts for you to listen to, which I, I loved that. I thought that yes. was so like intuitive and it's just so great for the user. But then it, like they stopped doing it But that also meant that the episode description was being, you know, SEO, cached, whatever. And so that was, I really liked how, how much that made sense. But we'll see how YouTube, again, how YouTube music falls into that. But yeah, I really like that idea of that voxelize to see, okay, what can I do? Yeah, for sure. And Lauren, that was one of my concerns with Google Podcasts going away is like, okay, well, because that was so nice when those podcasts showed up in those search results. It would show up at the very top and you could kind of like scroll through even if you weren't searching for podcasts necessarily. So that would be that would be really nice to see with YouTube Music. I don't even know if that's possible, but since they're connected to Google, it would mm-hmm. be cool to see that showing up in Google search results. Yeah. So then, you know, since we last talked about this topic, obviously we've gotten some some fresh podcasting stats. I guess just in general about podcasting stats, I, I don't think I'm seeing a, an increase in 
podcast reporting. Like I don't, there wasn't like leaps and bounds in stats and, you know, that type of stuff, but at least we're still getting, (laughs) we're getting trends. We're getting, we're getting that, we're getting those stats, but not, I haven't seen a huge increase, which I would love. I would love to just be able to analyze this like from, you know, a more actual level, but here we are. So um, (laughs) you want to kick us off, Sarah? Yeah, definitely. And I totally agree. And even, you know, some of the big podcast stats that come out, the the reports that come out, I still have questions. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't like super clear on how many people they're looking at when they pull these numbers Mm. and things like that. But I will link to a few different reports that have come out this year. But really, like the big kind of overall thing to take away here is that podcast listening and people creating new podcasts is just continuing to increase. We have a really cool graph that we can put in the show notes for you that shows that steady incline year after year after year with podcast listeners, which is really, really great news for all you podcasters out there. Um, a few a few podcast stats that I pulled The United States has the most podcast listeners in the world. About a third of the American population listens to podcasts regularly. And and again, that's that graph is good to look at there. But kind of just some numbers for you in 2022, podcast listenership was at about 424 million. In 2023, it went up to 464 million. And the forecast for 24 is 500 four million podcast listeners. So again, that steady incline. And as we were kind of chatting about this before we got on, but what's really cool about this is so we're continuing to see this increase in listenership. We're continuing to see an increase in the number of podcasts that are being created. And that might make you think, especially as a podcaster, like, oh, that means there's so much more competition for me. Mm -hmm. But one of the really cool numbers that was in this report is that 21.7% of podcast listeners are subscribed to over 70 podcasts. And I just thought this was really interesting because it shows you that, yes, even though there might be more competition than there were, than there was five, 10 years ago, people are wanting more content. Even if they have podcasts that they love and they listen to every single week, they're always looking for more. And I think about myself as a listener and as a user. That's that's how I operate. I'm always looking for new podcasts. I always get excited if I'm, you know, following someone on social media and they start a podcast that I'm mm-hmm. interested in or my friend recommends a podcast. I'm always looking for new shows to check out. So hopefully that's a bit of inspiration and motivation for podcasters and podcast managers. Yeah. And yeah, this, the 70 is just wild to me because it was only a short time ago where the stat was, you know, podcast listeners and, you know, obviously there was much fewer podcast listeners. So they were probably more consistent on who this person was back then. But they were listening to like five or seven shows, which mm-hmm. meant, okay, yeah, that makes sense. They listened to like one show a day and they listened to it for five to seven seven days. That That kind of made sense. But now with this huge increase, I mean, one third of the American population – Considering there are some demographics that don't, that like historically don't listen to podcasts, that number is actually even more in, you know, a larger in my mind. It's like one third of, you know, kids listen, but like, you know, is anyone over 70? That's a smaller group of people. So one third. Wow. So crazy. Yes. But yeah, it's, you know, 70, 70 podcasts. Like that's, and I, you know, when you told me that I was like thinking, yeah, I, I listen to a lot more 
podcast than I did. I used to kind of have the mindset where it was like, these are my shows. Mm -hmm. And so they have to be, it has to be a small amount. But now, like you said, it's like, I'm just all of these interests and all. And that actually probably speaks to the fact that there are so many different shows now. Yeah. That kind yeah. of fulfill your different, and different genres. Like mm-hmm. I love like Craig and I, my husband, we love listening to true crime podcasts when we're on a road trip. But I don't listen to true crime on a day to day basis. Mm. On a day to day basis on my daily walks, I'm listening to like educational business type of podcasts. So there's all these different genres. And I I counted my podcasts that are in my podcast library over the summer. And I had like 50 podcasts that I was subscribed to. And I had no idea that it was that much. And I mean, obviously, I don't listen to all of those podcasts every single week, which also goes to show how important it is, I think, to have, especially if you're in like, not so much true crime or comedy or or genres like that. But if you're in that like business mindset, educational type of genre to have that niche audience so Mm. that people really want to listen every week and they're not kind of like picking and choosing through your Mm -hmm. episodes. They're listening Mm -hmm. more consistently. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, people want the episodes. People want the new podcasts. Yeah. And yeah, not to get like so discouraged if people aren't listening to every single one of your episodes and that's okay. But also I think if that's the case that maybe some people are not listening to every single episode, you you probably want to have a strong call to action in each episode. Mm. You know, don't worry so much about like the 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 worry of like, oh, I don't want to sell in every episode. I want this to be like so valuable. It's like make it valuable, but also people want to know what to do next. Yeah. And so don't sleep on the call to action because yeah, they might not listen to that one where you know, they might skip next week, which, hey, okay, they might come back to it as well. But have, you know, have a strong call to action. And maybe that means like it shows up in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, when they when they head over to the show notes for for some reason, then they can see, you know, how else they can learn from you. Yeah, such a good point. And kind of along those same lines, I think, not waiting until the end of your episode every time to give that call to action. Like you can direct people to a certain place at the beginning of your episodes or at the middle of your episodes. That's where dynamic ads are really great because you can kind of do that without thinking about it too. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, back in like 2020 when podcasting had it had a leap of growth in itself, the listening to podcasts while driving wasn't as popular because we weren't driving as much because we mm-hmm. were we were home. So now 22% of people are back to listening to podcasts while driving. I can't decide. It honestly seems like a small number to me. Mm-hmm. doesn't seem well, large. So many people are working from home now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So still. Yeah. So yeah. So I and so I think a lot of that podcast listening is still happening like while you're working out, while you're doing laundry, while you're cooking, you know, like you said, still driving. But it's not like the primary place that people are listening to shows. Yeah, definitely. And a good reminder to, you know, I think the average commute is like 22 minutes or something is what the number is. So Mm -hmm. thinking about that when you're creating your episode content, maybe, you know, you want to keep those episodes around that kind of length, depending on who your listeners are, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the driving thing. And then I also thought it was just good to note that this report also said that podcast listening is highest in the morning, which wasn't too surprising to me. That's definitely, I don't know about you, Lauren, but that's when I probably listen the most to podcasts is in the morning because I I do a walk in the morning and I'm Mm. You know, I usually drop Adeline off at school. So I'm also listening when I'm dropping her off. 
and most are listened to on mobile phones. So just a good Mm -hmm. reminder, if you're not already releasing episodes early, like airing your episodes, scheduling your episodes for that morning time, I think I think you probably should be. I I love scheduling them for four o'clock a.m. I think I learned that from you um, because you're going to hit those people who might have that early commute. Yeah. And why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I, I've seen somewhat of a trend of people releasing them at midnight because I've seen kind of like the comments of like, oh, my gosh, I was just about to go to bed midnight Eastern, which, you know, could be three Pacific <laughs> or sorry, nine Pacific ah. uh, that, you know, people release episodes. And it's like, oh, I wanted to listen to this, but I need to go to bed. And so I, I thought that was kind of funny. And that's more of like com- the lifestyle comedy shows that are a little bit more like addicting. Yeah. Per se. But yeah, so oh, so anytime in the morning, yeah, anytime in the morning, I think is is a good idea. Uh, my personal listening habits are really all day. Like, yeah. you know, I've got I've got different habits where I listen to shows. So, and you know, speaking to the twenty one minute commute, I, I used to find myself like if I if I started an episode and I didn't finish it while I was in the car, I wouldn't come back to it. Mm-hmm. Now I find myself listening to longer shows and remembering to come back to them and listening to them in like three segments. Yeah. Because they're good shows. They br- they pull me in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, did I finish that? Nope, I didn't. Okay, start it back up. Yes, I know. That's the kind of thing I would love to just like ask everybody. Like, what are your Same. listening habits? That's really yeah. what I want to know more about. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to post when this episode go- goes live, I'm going to post on my stories. How many shows are you subscribed to? Yes. yes. And then we can ask, you know, what are your listening habits? Yeah, yes, I, I would love that. to. I'll do that too. Which, you know what is funny? This is a great segue into one of the um, the things that we started seeing, which is live podcasting. Mm-hmm. And when we say live podcasting, it can really be two different things. You know, I've seen somewhat, I've seen a trend of, you know, big podcasters doing live in-person events, which is so cool because I mean, from the podcaster's perspective, like imagine how fun that would be to have your audience right in front of you, being able to ask them questions like this. Uh, but then also like live streaming. Yeah, that live podcasting actually has to do with one of the predictions that I wanted to touch on today because I, again, I know I feel like I'm saying talking about a lot of stats, but I love, and I know you do too, love looking at these reports and just like seeing what the numbers are telling us. But there were numbers about, so when I say live podcasting, I'm talking about not in person, but actually like streaming it. So people can be in the chat, like asking questions or commenting on what you're saying. And you could do this as a solo episode or with a guest. I've seen people stream, you know, in on YouTube or in a mm. Facebook group that they have. And it's really cool because it really does kind of hype up that audience engagement, which is something that I know a lot of podcasters struggle with is they often feel like they're just kind of talking to themselves. But anyway, I saw this number that said the percentage of, I forget what the exact percentage was, but it was pretty small of the percentage of podcasters who do this live streaming when they record. But while the number is small, it's growing over the years. So one of my predictions was just that I think that that's something that we might see more of as people are trying to get more creative with their content and have more of that audience engagement, building community around their podcast as a whole. I think we're going to see more of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And one of my instincts there would be maybe that 
this is for someone who was doing live streaming on YouTube and they're like, okay, I want to go the podcasting route. And so it just made sense for them to do that. And same with like maybe someone that went live in their Facebook group, but that was really working. But they also, they wanted to pull it into a podcast. So maybe that's not your thing. That's totally fine. But yeah, as more people are getting into this space and customizing it to make sense for them and their audience, I see that. Yeah, I can imagine that that would grow. Yeah. And I I think ideally that would be great for somebody who has a pretty who has a built up audience and has people who are going to join that live and be a part of the discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it would definitely like bring the listeners into more of a community versus with, you know, a normal audio podcast. It's like you might not know other people that are listening. So I like that part of it, too. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like doing guest episodes. Like you, you would have people kind of talking back at you. It wouldn't, if you're somebody who feels like podcasting can be a little bit lonely sometimes, it might be a great option. Yeah. Hey, before we continue with this episode, I wanted to ask you something. If there was a way that you could make $5,000 per month as a podcast manager without taking on a million clients, is that something that you'd be interested in? If so, I have great news for you. We have a brand new masterclass that teaches you how you can make $5,000 per month as a podcast manager without taking on a million clients. In this class, we are covering the skills and the systems that every podcast manager needs to know to land high paying clients so that you can make $5,000 per month and beyond. You'll also learn the mistakes that I was making And I see podcast managers continue to make that keep them from profit. So if you are nodding your head, yes, tell me more, Lauren, then go to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass to get a seat in the masterclass this week. You can find that link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Uh, One of my predictions was just YouTube. So, you know, we've touched on YouTube And I definitely predict more people wanting to get onto YouTube, not just YouTube music with the audio piece, but wanting to try out the video. There are some roadblocks in the way, though. It's just, you know, what is the video going to look like? How high quality? You know, a lot of our clients don't have, you know, a, a studio or even want to like, you know, go to a studio or, you know, buy more equipment. And so... I am really excited from the podcast manager perspective to travel down this road in 2024 and make this accessible for our clients and make it make sense, right? Like they don't necessarily want to invest, you know, another full thing into turning this into a video. So I think finding this common ground is going to be really cool. Yeah, definitely. And you have a lot of options too when it comes Mm -hmm. to video on YouTube. You can put up that whole episode. And I think in that scenario, like, there are a lot of factors that you have to consider. If you want people to be watching a good chunk of that video or all of that video, you do need to think about things like your background and the quality of your video, the quality of the editing, if you're going to edit it. Mm -hmm. But then you also have the option of doing, you know, those YouTube shorts where you're just taking a clip from your episodes. And that might be a kind of a good middle ground to dip your toes in this whole YouTube situation. Right. And I think for me, the the biggest motivator for, you know, getting on YouTube in general with even with the YouTube shorts, love that idea, is that it is going to help with your searchability. Yeah. So just to get a little bit more bang for your buck, you're already recording this content. We want to 
optimize it as much as we can mm-hmm. to get our the as a podcaster like you just to get yourself in more places the right places of course but you know with those shorts or the you know 5 minute clips or the whole episode all of that's going to help you be more found when someone goes on YouTube and searches for you know what you talk about yeah definitely and i think I know everybody has their own routines and habits when it comes to recording, but I think if you're going to do a video on YouTube, then that might be a good time to like explore how you could batch, even if it's just mm-hmm. two episodes in one day. But if you're going to be on video, you're going to be, you know, getting yourself ready. You're going to be in that mindset, sitting down and recording a couple episodes in one sitting might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, one of the other predictions that I had was more interest in podcast networks. I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this, Sarah, but I see more clients, you know, talking to other podcast managers, their their, their clients are asking like, hey, what about podcast networks? They've seen maybe some of their friends or people that are a couple of steps ahead of them Mm -hmm. join podcast networks. And obviously it gets them, it enables them to have paid advertising more easily. But navigating that with clients and then also seeing if there's a spot for you on the team as a podcast manager when your clients join podcast networks. Yeah. And can you, because I feel like this is still a term that people are kind of unsure of. Do you want to, like, how do you define what a podcast network is? Yeah. So there's definitely some variability, but a podcast network is a group of shows that have something in common and the network will provide some sort of service. So, you know, maybe that's an in-person recording space, could be. Maybe that is like paid advertising. They are, you know, they will produce your show. They don't usually do everything, but they'll produce the show to a certain degree. And they will also sell ads on your show and take a percentage. And you still most likely would get the larger percentage, but they're going to, you know, they get paid whenever they get advertisers on your show, which is a really great setup. Mm-hmm. for you as a podcaster. Uh, but yeah, it, there's some sort of connection with you and the other podcasts that are in the network, depending on what the mission, I guess, of the network is. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm blanking on the name of the network that I'm thinking of, but it's one that I see. It's mostly women. And it's one that I see on Instagram all the time, because mm-hmm. I think they do a really great job at like pulling video clips for mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've seen a few, I don't know if influencer, influencer is the right word, but kind of like well-known marketers in the online space joining these podcast networks. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree. I mean, I think this is something that we'll just continue to see more of. I would love to, I don't, I don't currently have any clients who are in a podcast network, but I'd love to see it so I can kind of get a behind the scenes look. I know you you work with somebody who's with a podcast network. Mm-hmm. And it that was really interesting to hear you talk about that because they don't do everything for production, which was really surprising. Yeah. So from the podcast manager perspective, you think like, oh, well, you know, the a podcast network is maybe competition with right. what I do. But it's it's usually not entirely. So usually the podcaster still needs their like internal team to help do some of the promotion perhaps and some of the production maybe. But one of the podcast networks, as you were talking about, is HubSpot. That's a very large network. We're seeing a lot of marketing podcasts joining that. That's like Jenna Kutcher, Amy Amy Porterfield. Porterfield. Mm -hmm. But then Jordan Gill just 
just joined. And so, you know, she's had an incredible business, but it's not in the same line as Jenna Kutcher and Amy Porterfield. So that right. was a really, that was really interesting. And I was really excited for her that she joined that because I thought, okay, you know, that's, this is accessible. So whenever clients are asking about it, sometimes it's just out of curiosity, like, tell me what you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> about podcast networks. But I like the podcasters who are not Amy Porterfield are like, hey, can I do this? Is this possible? Mm-hmm. Because, and, and I think it'll also grow over time. And any podcast manager I talk to, I'm like, hey, if you want to start a network, you should, because I want to see yes. more of that growing. I don't know. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, I um, I was listening to a podcast and the host had just joined HubSpot and she was telling us how many downloads she was getting per month mm. before this network reached out and invited her to join or however it went down. And I want to say, I'm pretty sure she said that she was at like 10,000 per month. And I'm like, mm. oh, well, I have I have clients who are at that number. So I think like you kind of touched on is that there are a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. for different types of podcasters to join these networks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one of my last predictions is about uh, paid podcasting. So that was pretty new last year. You know, just like you mentioned, Patreon. Now you can offer paid podcasting through Captivate. And, uh, you know, Apple subscriptions is still around. I see really when I see people using Apple subscriptions, which again is a way for you to you as the podcaster to have bonus content or you know no a no ad sh- version of your show on Apple only. I'm also seeing them use Patreon or use another, ju- not just exclusively Apple. But from my vantage point, I haven't seen a ton of growth here. As I would have expected more, maybe because newer shows like shows that are coming into podcasting, they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. They're doing a, more of a standard show free. And they maybe want to go that route eventually. But I expect this year for us to continue to see that evolve. Yeah, absolutely. I do too. Yeah, I haven't seen, and maybe it's just the podcast that I'm subscribed to, but I haven't seen, like you said, too many new, especially Apple subscriptions specifically, Mm -hmm. too much movement there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you're a podcaster or a podcast manager thinking like, hmm, does this make sense for me? How could I offer a paid podcast? Like, you really want to think critically about it because it needs to make sense. You know, I see thinking about one show in particular that releases two one hour episodes a week. And this is a comedy show. And then they also have a Patreon. And I'm like, do people really want more content after they're already getting two one-hour episodes. Right. And and so if the content on Patreon is different, okay, then that might make sense. But if it's just more content, you know, make sure that your audience wants that. Yes, that's such a good point. I work with a client there. It's actually a co-hosted show. And they have, they do a weekly free public podcast. But then they have, they're hosted on Buzzsprout. They do bonus content, but an extra episode per week Mm. through that's paid that people have to join and pay. But what they did was when they set it up, they after people had joined, they surveyed them and said, what do you want the most out of this out of what Mm -hmm. you're paying? And the consensus was a short extended episode 
that would be bonus content for them. But what they really wanted was resources because their their audience are teachers. And so they do this combination of this bonus episode with some resources and it's it's going great and it's definitely well worth their time. So I think that's really important is to just make sure that you're doing and providing what people are looking for and not just more content. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So one of my predictions is really just that I think we're going to see, and especially with like service providers and maybe people who consider themselves, I mean, I think we're all small businesses, but kind of those like one woman, one man show businesses, I think we're going to see even more of them starting podcasts because specifically we are seeing so many shifts and changes in buyer behavior and email subscription behavior than ever before. I think that I've talked to so many people and I'm going to say the word stats and reports again, but I have some reports that I want to link in here (laughs) that really break down how consumer behavior has changed this year specifically. I think people are, you know, they're just, people are still buying 100%, but they're being more conscious of it and they are taking longer to make these decisions, even taking longer to give you their email address for something that's free. And so... I think that that plays into podcasting because I think people are more and more of these smaller businesses are starting podcasts because they they recognize like I need to make myself stand out more and I need to have that touch point with people that lets them know like I'm a real person behind this business and really like more than ever before. I know this is cliche, but that no like and trust is Mm -hmm. so, so important. And one of these reports even talks about how much um, reviews and testimonials are coming into play with consumer behavior and how people really want to get to know the person, the individual as a business owner before making these purchasing decisions. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think obviously a podcast is a great tool to use to really have that connection with people and and just help your business as a whole. So I think, you know, a lot of times we see, especially with service providers, like, I don't know if I'm, if I should be starting a podcast. I think we're going to see more of that because people are just ready to try some new things. Yeah. And with, you know, it taking people longer to purchase, that means for us as podcasters, as business owners, that, you know, we do have to put in more effort, more content to get those sales. And that can be, defeating. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's 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 frustrating to have to put out social media content, you know, every single day, whatever. Yeah. But that is another place that podcasting comes in to play is really allowing your podcast to do the heavy lifting mm-hmm. when it comes to content creation. Because just, oh my gosh, same story, different year yeah. <laughs> on content creation. Yeah. I know that y'all can relate that it's like, please let the podcast do the heavy lifting here. <laughs> yes. Yes. So when when the podcast can kind of direct your content strategy and then you can like, you know, get on YouTube or just put the stuff on social media so that you can warm people up and it's easier for you as a business owner, you're not working all the time. Yes. And I think it's just going to jumpstart that relationship with people and warm them up so much faster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Such good points. And then, I mean, we can't 
have this conversation without talking about AI. Because yeah, how, how did it take us this long? <laughs> I have no idea. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh my God, we haven't touched on this yet. But I know this is something that both of us are predicting that we are just going to see more and more of in the podcasting space specifically. There are so many advancements that have happened with AI this year. So many platforms that are out there. I mean, I could list off 10 off the top of my head Mm -hmm. that podcasters can use to help with their production, with their planning. I still have very mixed feelings on AI, but no doubt there are so many ways that AI can help you as a podcaster and as a podcast manager, you know, editing, transcription, inserting dynamic ads, creating promotional assets. Like there are platforms that can help you with all of these things, which, you know, depending on what lens you're coming from, I think probably podcast managers, some of us are thinking, well, is this going to be a threat to Mm -hmm. my position as a podcast manager? And I'm sure you can speak to this too, but you know, I I have podcast clients, but I'm also a, a podcaster myself, and I 100% still see the value in having my podcast manager do my podcast production for me because she's good at what she does. It still takes a ton of time to do, and I do not think that our like positions are in jeopardy by any means. I think that there are ways that we can use AI to just boost what we're already doing. Mm -hmm. And I think as a podcaster, especially again, if you're a one woman, one man show, this really does make podcasting more accessible for you because there are a lot of programs that can help you and kind of help streamline the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so well said. And from the podcast manager perspective, well, actually, just in general, I think that AI is going to lead to just higher quality content because maybe for the podcaster that just they they weren't able they weren't going to write show notes like it just didn't make sense for them time wise they didn't have a budget to hire a podcast manager now they can probably put out show notes mm-hmm. but when we really look at the role that AI is playing it's not making things that much faster no especially <laughs> in this season of figuring out AI you know testing a new AI every day I mean that could be a full-time job yes. so getting that that new system with the AI figured out it's really not saving you know my students podcast management students any time but it is creating a better product which is really exciting right mm-hmm. imagine just like an episode being up leveled and promotion being up leveled and like you said dynamic ads and just all that I really think it's going to up level. But when it comes down to it, you know, if I'm speaking to podcast managers, um, we have to remember that it's we're not, you know, the value of a podcast manager is not in the tasks and the in just, you know, check, check, check. It's in the fact that we take all of this off of our client's plate and they can focus on recording and really showing up in their strengths and delivering yes. the best, you know, content and product. And so Yes, like you said, like your podcast manager, she's amazing. She can go figure out AI. She can use AI to the best of her abilities and create a better product for you. And you can stay in your lane and just, you know, hit record. Absolutely. And I have tried out many of the AI platforms and I've tried different prompts and I still have a lot to learn, but I can Mm -hmm. truly say that I have never put an episode in and gotten show notes out that are high quality without me having to 
seriously tweak them. So, right. And same with clips. You know, one of the things that is really exciting is the idea that you could put in your episode and you would pull, you know, video clips or audio clips for social. Like, yes, 10 clips, send them to me. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've tested multiple AI platforms. And again, it's like, They'll pull a, you know, 15 minute, 15 second clips, 60 second clip. And it's like, well, you started it too soon or you started it too late. Like, it's just not complete. Yeah. It could be like a jumping off point. Yes. But it's not just, okay, yep export good to go. Yes. That's my favorite way to use AI so far is just a jumping off point. Like Mm -hmm. if I have one of my podcast episodes and I need to create some emails or some Instagram posts for it. I love putting it in and getting it it breaks your episode down and gives you some points that you can pull out. Mm-hmm. That's what I've really loved and like it it sometimes rewards things in a way that that you really like and there's I mean there's so much you can do with it and I think we've only scratched the surface with the possibilities of AI but I think you know promotional assets is one of the really cool things we're going to see come out of AI. Totally. Yeah, so then kind of just wrapping this all up, summarizing we definitely see and expect continued growth with listeners, continued growth with podcasters entering this field, and more shows getting on YouTube. So yeah, I'm so excited to see this growth happening and just see how it plays out in the new year. Yes, I 100% agree. I can't wait to sit down with you again in a year from now and see what 2024 brings all of us. And I'd love for anybody who's listening after you all hear this episode, I'd love for you to share it on Instagram, reach out to us on Instagram and let us know what your podcast predictions are for this year or what you'd love to see happen in the podcast world. Yes, Sarah, thank you so much for recording this with me. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing Podcast Manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.